Hello there, welcome back to Her Do It Stories. This is Michelle, your host for this podcast. Her Do It is a podcast that covers money stories from women, sharings and learnings from a personal finance theme and education-based episodes on personal finance topics that you want to know about. If you're familiar with the personal finance scene in Malaysia, you'll probably already know our guest for today, Suraya, the blogger behind ringgitoringgit.com. Personally, I have been a follower of her blog for many years now and have always loved her sharing of personal finance in her life. Today, we have a very interesting episode that is a little bit different where we tackle questions that are probably a bit more controversial in personal finance and I asked Soraya for her own opinions on these topics that we have. You may not agree with everything that we speak about in this episode, but it's obviously all in the name of promoting financial literacy and being able to communicate our own perspectives that we can stand by. I categorized the questions into four parts. One, budgeting and saving. Two, spending. Three, debt. And four, investing. So we'll start with budgeting and spending today just to get you warmed up. And then on Friday, we'll do the exciting ones which are on debt and probably investing. I hope you enjoy this episode. Let's dive right in. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Maybe you can tell our listeners a bit more about yourself. Hi, Michelle. Thank you for having me on the Do It podcast. I'm so excited to be here. For everyone who's listening in, I am a writer, a speaker, and a digital marketer for hire. And I'm also the blogger behind ringgitoringgit.com. It's fun to do personal finance blogging. I've been at it for more than five years now. And extremely grateful of the many, many lessons that I've learned along the way. Lovely, thank you so much for the introduction. So for our listeners to get to know you a bit more, beyond what you've written on Ringgit or Ringgit, hopefully I wrote some questions that are a bit more interesting to deep dive into your thoughts. We're going to start the five quick fire questions with first picking between, are you an Instagram person or are you a Twitter person? Big Twitter person. Love Twitter. <laughs> Great. And then, I love content. Yeah. <laughs> And the next question is, the best thing that I bought in 2020 has to be... I, I have a post about like 20 best things that I <laughs> bought in 2020, but right off the bat, the automatic pet feeder. So before this, they would like yell at me every single morning and wake me up. So now with the automatic pet feeder, I finally have a very quiet morning <laughs> without them meowing at me to feed them. So that's been an awesome purchase. Is it a scheduled thing? So does it automatically feed at a certain time? Yes, you oh. can schedule it for breakfast, lunch and or dinner. Wow. And you can also set up the portions. So now they get food to them around like 7, around 12 and around 6. So they... I don't have to wake up anymore. <laughs> and that sounds like a great training as well, to train them to eat at those specific times. Yeah, yeah. oh my god, you know what? My, one of my cats, right? If I forget to feed him, my fault, admittedly, if I forget to feed him, Fuller have gastric, you know. So <gasps> if I forget to feed him, he would eat at the next meal and then he would vomit it out oh no. all, over my, all over my carpet. So then I have to like clean it up. So this thing has been... Again, a lifesaver, like, gets me a better quality sleep, reduces my chore. And the pet is happy. The pet is happy, most importantly. 
that do I'm happier. <laughs> that sounds like a really, really good purchase. Only if there's something magical for humans too, right? That food appears out of nowhere at certain times, right? That would be so good. Yeah, I need something. They does portion control for them too, so I need to reduce their portion a little bit. They both of them are getting a little bit. <laughs> if there's something like that for humans that can like, please set the portions for me, that would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully someone who's listening to this is a creator of some sort and then they can think of something interesting to build. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope so. Please, hook me up. Great, the next question I have, a bit of a different mood. The, a lesson I learned in 2020 was... Jeez, uh, I want to say gratitude, but that sounds so poyo, so I don't want to go with that. <laughs> Even though that is technically true, mm-hmm. I am extremely, extremely... Extremely privileged to have had actually a pretty good 2020. So another lesson is that I have to actively go against my hoarding tendency. Mm. So you know, like all the messages that came in related in related to finances, at least right. It's like oh, save money. The importance of having emergency funds. But I'm financially comfortable, and for me, it wasn't more to saving or hoarding my money but just want to like okay how do I get out of my way to to donate more to to, to spend more to do small businesses and it's not natural for me like my tendency is still unfortunately to hoard resources so something that I learned in 2020 is to activate those muscles so to speak I'm still not that great at it but at least I'm not stingy in the most horrible sense Mm, and has that been something that you have to be consciously aware of? That before you think about hoarding, as that comes as a reflex, now you have to consciously think about, okay, is this something that I should be spending on, perhaps? Yeah, I think that I spent the majority of my 20s consciously, like, tiny pinching, even especially in my early 20s. There's no choice. I, you know, income was small and money was tight so there were no there was no choice during that time but when you know you scroll social media and you and you go through like post after post of people asking for donations about how small businesses are struggling and for me personally whenever I see them I'm like oh shit like should I go out of my way to spend at these businesses because yes I can afford it but spending is not my natural tendency so it's been quite a a, a strange, surreal part of 2020 for me. It's a good problem to have. I'm not complaining, but I think I did my best in terms of um, spending and donating. I think that's a very interesting lesson. I think a lot of times people who behave similarly as you, as in like they, they save a lot of money and they tend to hoard their money more, they'll probably see that as a more positive aspect. It definitely is, but at the same time, I think these people then wouldn't really know how to spend. I feel like I wrote a post about spending and saving a couple of weeks ago or months ago and I thought that was pretty eye-opening that we always only see spenders negatively and we see savers completely positively but there is actually a middle point or there's an extreme to, to that. Yes, you're absolutely right. And now they get called out a lot. But earlier in the like early 2000s, as a finance community, like, especially the people who focuses on the frugal or minimalism lifestyle, they call it a frugal during that time. 
they would like out wriggle each other. How long can you go just eating rice and beans? Or how can you get something to like shows like couponing, you know, how to get a bunch of products for like a dollar or even get the shop to owe you money. Like that's not sustainable. Yeah. You are taking advantage of a system. So they must get their profit through some other way. Maybe the way is to raise prices for everyone else. So that's not good. I've been a lot more aware of consequences of my actions and how it can negatively affect other people. That's great. That to me is very thought provoking and hopefully our listeners feel that way too. Very nice. And the next question I have, a bit more to the women's side of things, is from your opinion, from any perspective that you like to talk about, I want to tell more women about. I am a feminist. And I'm not just saying that for that. I actually worked in a feminist organization. I went to Geneva to bring women's rights activists to... I worked in an organization that helped to bring women's rights activists to lobby in the UN. So that's the scope of work that I did. And overwhelmingly, I think that one of the biggest barriers that we face is the fact that sometimes the arguments can be a little bit too binary. And this is not a problem that is unique to to just feminists. Or it, it happens everywhere. So people who see the world in black and white quite toxic it's very extreme like what you said like saving versus spending woman versus men i have found that collaborating works way better for the advancement of women's human rights i might be wrong again i'm still learning however i do have to believe that for example like women only spaces might have more harm than good if the purpose of women spaces is to create uh, safe spaces for women who have been traumatized by unwanted male advances in the past and good all for it however having women only marketing angles or strategies will only attract women in those spaces and we don't just exist just with women in our lives we have male partners male fathers fathers, brothers, uh, friends, and it is, for me, a way better approach to incorporate gender in all spaces rather than to create women-only spaces. So that's something that, that's a belief that I have, and that's the reason why I actually refuse to, it is a very conscious choice for me to maintain with my analysis and everything, right, if I see, like, okay, my audience is cute a little bit towards, like, women now, I'll try to do something so that it's a bit more, like, equal. I'm very proud of the fact that my audience are pretty much equal, like, male and female. I'm very proud of the fact that in my website, I use pink prominently in no way that I want you to forget that I am a woman writing about money topics, but also I'm not going to shy away from, you know, talking money and investing but I'm not going to harp on the fact that I'm a woman you will just find out and I'm going to make it obvious I love that that's a very different perspective I think compared to if you follow a lot of media that is extremely women focused sometimes as you've mentioned it goes to an extreme whereby they actually kind of discriminate the other gender and I think Ultimately, as we need to live more harmoniously in the world together, there needs to be a lot more, as you've said as well, a lot more collaboration and understanding the perspectives from both sides. I think education has to go both ways as well. So that's definitely an interesting perspective. I'm glad I asked this question. 
Thank you. I I hope that it's uh again I might be wrong. Still learning. Mm-hmm. Maybe like way off. Who knows? <laughs> And the last question for the quickfire series would be to me, for you, financial independence is all about. Well, if you look at the literature and facts and the books that people have written about it, it's about getting control of your time. That is ultimately the goal, control of your time. But in addition to that, I also want to say that living a life without regrets is also one of it. And regrets can come in many forms. Maybe it's impossible to live a life like that. There's always, you know, minor regrets here and there. But as long as you can avoid a life that, I mean, that would cause you a lot of what if further down the line, you know, oh, what if I had done this or what if I had done that. So having money helps you to experiment with that kind of what if that you have in the in your head, even if it's on a small scale. In addition to controlling your life narrative and your time also to help you live a life without regret. I really like that too. I think the reason behind why I ask this question as well and I typically ask it on the podcast episodes is because to different people, it means different things. But I think it's ultimately how you derive. There is going to be the formal definition of what financial independence means in different dictionaries or, or different websites out there. But I think ultimately, you will have to derive what that goal is for you in terms of financial independence and where you want to be when you've achieved that kind of status that you define yourself. Yes, absolutely. Great. So we are done with the five quick fire questions and we're going to move into this very exciting part, which is Suraya will be answering some very controversial money questions that typically people ask and have a lot of debate around. So hopefully you get to learn something more today. And if you agree, if you don't agree, maybe I will have some polls running on Instagram and you can let us know what your opinions are. Hopefully this this stirs some conversation, but hopefully no one gets extremely triggered from the conversation that we're going to have because it's going to be our own opinions, right? Okay. Great. Right, so I broke it down into four categories of personal finance. And the first category would be about budgeting and saving. And my first question is, what do you think about budgeting do you think it's for everyone the answer is yes the only difference is whether how loose or how strict do you want it to be and in addition to that budgeting you can't budget your way out of poverty so i just want to make a blanket statement right now for this question and for the questions coming along the way some of them of course we're going to say yes you should do it or you shouldn't do it if you can afford it. That one is a given. Poverty is a systemic issue, not an individual failure. If you are a person who, you know, can't budget or can't follow a budget for whatever reason that life has thrown at you for discrimination, for low pay, for whatever reason, then let's do better activism work so that everything is better but generally speaking yes everyone should follow a budget i personally follow a very very loose budget i barely can call it a budget but budgeting for me is just more like you should know what is your cap more or less to like certain spending categories like you should know that you won't spend i don't know 200 dollars on a candle or I, I don't know, like a million on a car. Like that's your own personal definition of your cap at each spending category. So if you have unlimited 
budget, then you will just go haywire in your expenses. I like that. How I see budgeting is probably more from the perspective of what you value in your life. So which categories of spending do you value more and then you want to put more money in there? Like you've mentioned loosely budgeting. I think that's something that I follow as well. But I like to call it more of like how do I spend, right? Like a spending plan instead of a budgeting plan. Maybe that sounds more fun. So I know roughly, okay, about 30%, like how much do, should I be spending on um, food, for instance, for the month? So at least when I... I'm spending, I'm a bit more conscious about that. And then I don't buy a 200 ringgit candle just for the fun of it. Even if you can afford it, it should still be a conscious purchasing behavior. Correct, yes. And the next one is a bit more about savings. So what are your thoughts on fixed deposits? Is that a yes or no? Big no from me. Doesn't make sense anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Which as a product would just like... Go away. I, th- I don't think it's getting popular anymore. Yeah. But first of all, the whatever they call it, like OPR, whatever, is incredibly low. So the returns, eh, not so good. Horrible, actually. And secondly, uh, I think it was when, like two or three years back when they, they say that if you withdraw early, then you don't get the interest for that particular period. I'm just thinking like, wow, you're really going to penalize people for taking their own money out even though they have checked their money there for like I don't know like three six months how capitalistic <laughs> do you want to be so now there are better options that even kind of like fixed deposit ish structures that doesn't impose the whole king in money but having said that if you are the type of person who sees the locking in money part is a feature rather than a bug like you do have like a spending problem and you want to torture yourself and go for it, but overwhelmingly, no. That's a fair point, actually. Some people may want to use it for discipline reasons, right? But then, it can only be a disciplinary measure when you don't need the money right now. So imagine if you are in a situation where you need to liquidate your fixed deposits immediately and you lose all the interest that came with whatever locking period you put. If you put a year, then that would be significantly more than if it was like one month or three months. So yeah, I agree. I think there are a lot more instruments today. It's so not... Uh, just like skip it. Get other stuff. <laughs> Great. So that covers more on the category of budgeting and saving. Next, we'll go into spending. And you briefly touched about this just now. It's on minimalism or frugalism, depending on how you define it. Would you say yes to minimalism for everyone or no? Minimalism... Uh, as a concept, it is awesome, but it is also something that mainly appeals to consumerist culture. So the fact that we have minimalism movement in the first place is good, but also kind of sad. So yes, it's good because it makes us question what is um, value uh, in terms of things. You know, more is not necessarily better. We can live with less, yada, yada all that but it's also a very like white people thing that I just like consciously don't really want to be too following the white narrative so much mm. so it's yes but like marginal okay interesting opinion I think there are actually a couple of Netflix shows that talk about minimalism and they go to the extremes of what minimalism yeah. looks like yeah. yeah it's a privileged thing you oh, can yeah. only afford to practice minimalism 
and the minimalism aesthetics if you have too much stuff to begin with. So it's a highly privileged issue to have. The fact that it has existed in the, the idea of valuing one's things to its fullest ability is not something new, but the fact that it's rebranded by a couple of white people and now it's become like all this thing, it's also a very, um, how do you say it, too much of a Western superiority thing. So I want to not adore it too much. Mm. I don't like the aesthetics, so like, yeah. like, like white, like I'm, they're basic like that. <laughs> I like the aesthetics. <laughs> I think a lot of people will agree with you there. I, I really like minimal aesthetics as well. The next question would be, should people still pay for university? I think that people should pay for university. You know why? Because people don't value what they don't pay for. And you should value education. And on that sense alone, yes, you should pay for university. Obviously, make it affordable. Obviously, make it so that there are ways for students from low-income households to get like top-notch education. Mm-hmm. But yes, you should absolutely pay for it. If you don't value anything, then you won't get any money. You don't, yeah. If you don't pay for something, you just don't value it. That's, That's fair. Absolutely. I, w- I definitely have to agree with you there. The next is something that has probably hit the headlines a lot in the last couple of years. And it's about people, or millennials probably, spending on things that people deem pretty unnecessary. So if we are speaking to our millennial audience today, what would your advice be to them if they ask if they can spend on avocado toast and ice lattes? I just go for it. Life is short. <laughs> I like that answer. I want to go back. I want to go back to like, yeah, you can afford it. la da la da Okay, so that's like the first basic line. Uh, avocado toast is Ice latte is delicious. You need more luxuries in order to get over like some of life's worst, you know, nightmares. And they are both, I think, like vegan, right? Vegan is good, so. Oh yeah, no ice latte depends on the milk. If you are, if it's cow's milk, it's not vegan. <laughs> yeah, no, go for it. Personally, I like black, like my heart. So mm-hmm. those are black coffee. To me, it boils down to why you having this. If you are having avocado toast and taking a photo just because you want to share it on Instagram, then probably not the reason why you should be spending. But if it really you think it's a delicious dish, and it's pretty healthy as well, then why not? Yeah. Oh, you made a really good point just now. Okay, like showing it online, like for some reason, like toast being rebranded as something that is like unattainable and like, you know, expensive. <sighs> The power of marketing. I know, I know. It's like it can be used to good and can use for bad as well. The avocado industry must have used some amazing like PR agency because they have done (laughs) amazing commercial for Yeah, but at the same time, I think I read some news from last year that there was going to be a huge shortage of avocado because of all the news about avocados in the world. So maybe they overdid it. Yeah, probably they overdid the marketing. Too much selling of avocados. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> Enjoy it while it lasts. Mm-hmm. And the next question, common question in the personal finance space would be housing or real estate to rent or to buy? I am pro-rent, actually. I am pro-rent. And specifically in the context of Malaysia, where if you run the numbers, uh, in many cases, it's just cheaper to rent than to buy. So from a purely financial sense is 
just makes way more sense. The flexibility is amazing too. Mm-hmm. Having said that, if you like your home renovation and you don't like to like move around and you're boring like that, go buy it. <laughs> and for yourself, are you currently renting? I'm currently renting, yes. Although my partner bought a unit in BJ, so I guess I'll be a homeowner this year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can you feel the excitement? <laughs> yes, I will try to tone that down. <laughs> <laughs> Do your magic. <laughs> and the next one, also similarish topic from the perspective of cars. Yeah. New car, second-hand car, rental car, or no car? I'm pro no car. The fact that I didn't have a car, well, to be okay, I returned back the family car, like my parents. Again, privilege issue there, but moving past that, I didn't have a car. Directly resulted in me looking for work online, directly resulted to me making a living as an online content creator. So it was through that situation that that is supposed to be, you know, like a hardship of sorts, you know, that's how they say that, oh, if you don't have a car, you're supposed to find jobs. But it was actually due to that, that somehow I ended up in this career line. So it worked out for me. Maybe it doesn't work out for some people in other industries, like I was, I'm in communications line. So again, thank God everything worked out. But I would imagine that if you in industries where you have to go to office, for example, then yeah, cars are necessary for you. As long as it doesn't exceed like a third of your salary right yes yes i think that also goes back to the whole avocado toast thing that we mentioned just now right today people buy cars do you buy it to use it as a transportation tool or do you buy it to showcase what you can maybe i don't even know if the word is what you can afford but what you want to pay for to show other people what you may be making so i think if we can escape that then and if the car fits into your budget and you you need it to get you from point A to point B and there's not going to be any easy form of transportation where you are, then maybe it would make sense for you to buy a car. Can we have a quick conversation about like wealth markers or because mm. you know, it comes up, they always say, you know, the point is not to look rich, the point is to be rich and absolutely I agree. However, there are some deep, deep psychology behind why People who don't have money want to appear like they have money. Mm. Very valid reasons why they're doing that. It's for status, yeah. um, especially within their own communities. That's the reason why people have, you know, I don't know, um, astros or they, they have cars, expensive cars or even wear luxury items. And I think it's too superficial to say that, oh, they just want to show off. There's a lot more things that come, mm. including consumerist culture, including the fact that here, right here in Malaysia, the income inequality is quite big and um, the gap is really big. So wanting to appear at least your middle class, I can understand the appeal of that. Mm. I can understand Absolutely, absolutely. I think that is definitely a good perspective because I think the way we usually see it, like you've mentioned, is probably a bit too black and white. But there's a lot more that we don't understand that goes behind someone's lives, their behavior and their psychology. But then what would your thoughts be if then they would need to go into debt in order to reach that status level that they're looking to achieve? Oh gosh, such a hard issue. Again, poverty is systemic. Mm-hmm. We, have, we are... Um, 
productive levels went up, salaries are not, those are not, those are very complex issues and requires complex solutions. It's not like a one word should pay people more. So I don't have the answers. I think that uh, why are we even doing the government's job and what are they doing, you know? But at the same time, in our own personal capacity, if me, myself can, you know, normalize or at least like opt out from those kind of lifestyle for myself, it would just be good. I don't want to be like too picky about it. I just want to maintain, okay, this is, this is the life that I want to lead. Yeah. I want to stay clear, consciously stay clear. Like I want like a Gucci belt too, you know, but yeah, I don't want to contribute to that as well. Design is always there. It's not even my fault. It's like the industry is just ridiculously good at creating design. It's okay to acknowledge that, yeah, the design is there, but like, okay, I'm going to consciously like not. I'll try. Try my best. I still like, like fall sometimes. Right? It's okay. Yeah. I think this can be an episode of its own, actually. Like, this whole conversation can last for a really, really long time. Watch out for part two. <laughs> question was the most controversial to you? Do you agree with us on some of the questions? Maybe all of the questions? Some are probably a little bit more straightforward, right? That a lot of us probably share the same opinions. But I know some of them you probably have a strong opinion about and do not agree with us. I would love to hear your thoughts regardless on the these or that questions that I've shared. I'll likely do a poll on my Instagram stories to see what your opinions are. And if you want to participate, do head on over to @her.doit on my Instagram to participate. If you have enjoyed listening to my podcast, it will be amazing if you can follow me if you are listening on Spotify. Or leave me a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, it will mean so much to me. Thank you so much again for tuning into this episode and I will catch you on Friday. Bye!